Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Rachel. Yes. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. So, of course, my printer is still doing a maintenance queue. Every time I look at the thing, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to print this first page of my notes. And all of a sudden, it does the maintenance queue. And I was like, oh, my God, I'll be here for 10 <laughs> That's like my... TVs that I have that are like the smart TVs. Anytime I use the smart TV, it has to update the operating system or whatever it is, which is why every smart TV I own pretty much at this point also has a Roku attached to it. So I don't have to deal with that shit every single time. Yeah, I'm telling you a farm in the middle of nowhere sounds better and better every stinking day. But then how would your internet be to connect into all of these maintenance things? I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have any internet. Don't you get it? That's the point. The further oh. I can get a, Oh, a true farm, a an true off farm. grid off survivalist. Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. So, uh, I'm glad that we're sitting here back together <laughs> trying to do this. I know it's, we're back. It's been a long freaking haul. It's not, it's not even over yet, which is awful. But, um, my philosophy, I'm taking a, a page out of your book of fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm being the queen of ostriches with my head in the sand. I like it. I like about, it. About what's, ha <laughs> what's happening with my life. <laughs> Since I can't get in to see the specialist for three months, I can either curl up in a ball on the bed and drug myself for three months, or I can pretend like it's not even happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to try that. That's a good philosophy. We're going to take all of those pesky thoughts and panic feelings, shove them in a box and put them yes. in the corner. You know, believe it or not. And I'm going to, I'm going to cry telling you this and I'm sorry, I'm emotional. This has been, just been an emotional time. But when I was in bed lately trying to go to sleep and I was starting to get really freaked out and scared, I honest to God, my mantra was be more like Rachel. Be more Aww. like Rachel. <laughs> Shove that shit down. <laughs> and pretend it's not happening. And so you are now my hero for trying oh, to cope with this, uh, this um, health scare that I'm going through. So thank uh, yeah. you for that. I like it. It's like a toddler with that little... I picture this a toddler with the toy where it's like the bucket and it has the different shape holes and then it, he has to pick up the little pieces and try to fit the you know the round thing in the round hole and the square yes. thing in the square hole and so we're gonna pick up this piece and we're gonna throw it over our shoulder 
<laughs> we are oh, not dear God. doing this piece today. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That is a great visual. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. When I, I, when I get overwhelmed, that's what I'm going to imagine. I'm just chucking that fucking piece of <laughs> bad news garbage over my shoulder. <laughs> never to look back upon it. My other philosophy has been, in addition to fake it till you make it, has been, that's a future me problem. So <laughs> the me right now is not yes. going to worry about it future me has to fucking deal with it so oh, that's it's hilarious. all good <laughs> i love that I'm, yeah i feel bad i feel like i'm supposed to be imparting these pearls of life wisdom onto you as your mother but i learn more from you than i feel like i ever <laughs> i've ever given to you because yeah i don't know you know three months from now when i see the specialist i don't know what they're gonna say and i don't i don't know what's gonna happen but i'm I refuse to look that far down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Denial, denial, denial. Yes. And we're <laughs> sailing that river all the way home, baby. That's right. <laughs> all right. So uh, the more things that we do to pretend like everything is normal and this isn't happening, the better. And yes. so we have decided that we are going to go ahead and um, do our podcast review this book that we've been dying to talk about. Oh yes, I have a lot of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot wait to hear them. Uh, so the book today is Overlord by Anna Hackett. And this is my first book by this author. Yes, You haven't too. read her before either, have you? No, I have not. And it's, okay. it's book one in the Galactic Kings book series the cover is very cool the guy looks really yeah. like ripped he's kind of like an almost alien version of like conan like an old conan poster and he's got these huge like sword saber things in his hands the cover is very nice yeah and god anybody that knows us knows we pick our books by the cover oh yes we, we base everything <laughs> on the cover <laughs> We are, we're easily visually stimulated. So if it's got something cool on it, I'm like, that must be a fabulous book. Let's try it. Well, if the author spent time and effort, and this probably costs a lot of money because it looks really good. Yeah. Then it, it makes does. me think that the thing inside is probably really good also. I, yes. I am shallow like that. But <laughs> we must remember that classic saying, never judge a book by its cover. And we now we know why after doing this for a while. Mm, I thought you meant for after doing this book. No, well, I was, <laughs> I was going to, but then I thought of the unicorn eating the TNT. <laughs> the TNT. That was an awesome cover and exhibit a right there. I don't know. That's a tough one because I'll just apologize in advance that I'm going to be an asshole in this episode. So <laughs> please, it's about so time that it's not me. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Thank you for stepping up to the plate. I, I don't got you. I'm not at my full <laughs> asshole potential with everything that's happening right now. I'm uh -huh. hanging on by a thread. So thank you for stepping up to the plate and taking over for this. Mm -hmm. It's like we're pro wrestlers and you're tapping me in because it's my <laughs> time to go. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, you got it. That's that's right. I can't wait. I do have some comments too, but God, I'm dying to hear yours. So we will start with you. Okay. So I have a very general outline of this book until approximately 50% in. Okay. I, I guess I'll just say some of the stuff that I wrote down and then you jump in as I say things that kind of come to you. Okay. Our main character, her name is Mallory West. She's on Earth. She's an ex Air Force pilot. She's got no family and basically one friend who's also a coworker of hers named Dr. Poppy Ellison. Yes. Uh, she works for a company named Ninetech, and she is working on the Wormhole Drive Project. I was like, okay, this sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Like the stuff she's working on. And Poppy is a scientist, a badass scientist. So um, right away, I'm like, okay, these are two badass strong women. They're like a... a duo i guess so mallory's the pilot poppy is the scientist i guess that and they're like go on missions together but mallory had been dishonorably discharged from the air force because she cannot follow orders yeah she's not a yes man so mm -hmm. they didn't want her anymore but apparently this company likes that because what they're doing is so far out of the box they need yes. somebody that's a little reckless mm -hmm. so Poppy is described as having shoulder length blonde hair. Mal is five foot seven, toned muscle. Poppy is at least five inches shorter and slender. Just a little bit of description on the ladies. Mallory also really loves knives and references her deceased stepdad a lot. His name is Rusty. Yes, a lot. We hear a lot about Rusty at the very beginning of this book. And Rusty has a lot of sayings to live by. I call so we them have to hear those isms. Rustyisms. Yes. Sprinkled many, many times throughout this book. In this chapter, chapter one, we find out that this company is testing an experimental wormhole drive technology and that they have a test flight today and they really need to get it right and that this technology they're testing is based on alien technology so then this little bit was interesting it says over a year ago the fortuna science space station orbiting jupiter had been attacked by an alien ship that was like first contact with aliens mm -hmm. something happened where the aliens used a wormhole to travel to the Earth's solar system. And then they used that same wormhole to leave. But then when they did that, like the survivors or the people that were on that space station, I guess, went with them. But they were able to send messages and micro wormhole technology back. They say that they, <laughs> yeah, most of the scientists and the staff in the, this space station were killed the rest were abducted by alien slavers. For some reason, the slavers are letting these, if I understood this correctly, and God knows if I did, they're letting these Earth people speak to the people on Earth and give them technology. So are these bad guys? I don't understand what's happening. Why, if they're alien slavers quote unquote are they allowing these people any freedom i didn't really understand it either because she thinks about how the survivors had contacted their loved ones they had been taken in and they were now living on the other side of the galaxy on a desert planet called 
Carthago. Um, she thinks about how they have no way of getting home and they have to make life on this planet. But the good news is that they were able to send advanced technology specs back to Earth. Oh, so I guess they sent blueprints, not the actual technology. So I said that wrong earlier. And the goal was a newer, faster method of space travel. I don't know if that was a nod to some other book series she has, but there's definitely a reference to some other humans that are out there in the galaxy somewhere else. Yeah, I bet that their their story is somewhere. But I just found it odd that they're kidnapped, but the aliens set them up on a planet and let them have access to their, their wormhole technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Oh, well. Mallory and Poppy do go on that wormhole test flight. The flight is supposed to take them to Jupiter. I think they're supposed to go to Jupiter, like circle Jupiter and then jump back or something. Like it's supposed yeah. to be short and simple and pretty awesome. Yes. But of course something goes wrong and they end up jumping not to Jupiter, but to another galaxy. But now I'm thinking it's not actually a different galaxy. It's the same galaxy, but just a different planet far in the recesses of the galaxy. So I, I have a question at this point. Okay. I, I don't know anything about science and space travel. I don't like space travel. It scares me, but many things do. We can see Jupiter. Do you need to go through a wormhole to circle Jupiter and come back? I don't understand why they had to integrate the use of a wormhole to get to this Jupiter planet and come back. So I don't think that humans have ever seen it up close because she okay. was thinking about how they would get there very quickly because of the distance. So like they can see it through satellites and get pictures through satellites, but this would be them actually getting up close and personal and seeing it directly with their own eyes. And you need a wormhole to do that? I think Jupiter is actually so far away that you cannot get there in your lifetime unless you have some sort of technology like this got it so i think that's why they're doing this i thought maybe they were just in a super fast rocket <laughs> <laughs> well but then there was a space station with humans on it that was near jupiter when they got attacked so maybe what i'm saying is not correct i don't know i'm not a science person i'm a shifter person <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a space tra space travel. I have told you this before and I will say it again. If something were God forbid to happen to this planet and we had to evacuate and get on a spaceship and take the chance of going to another planet somewhere, I would kill myself before I would get on this thing. Maybe uh, too, too claustrophobic to be stuck in a ship yeah. and not be able to crack a window and get fresh air. That would freak me out too. Okay. Maybe because it was a test flight. So they wanted to like do this in a like one hour time period. So they could like jump there really fast, do this and jump back really fast. Otherwise it would probably take them a really long time. Not a whole lifetime, like I said earlier, but maybe just a yeah. really long time. I think we needed to suspend a lot of questions that we have because we have a brain. Oh, and I do have a lot of questions. Not about <laughs> how this works, but I do have a lot of questions. <laughs> Oh my God, I know how you are with your questions. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So I actually really liked this part at the beginning of the book. Um, the background was kind of cool. Yeah. Mallory seemed like a cool character. Mm hmm. Uh, the thing with her stepdad annoyed me a little bit, but not too much. So, like, this part was pretty cool. Then we jump to the other person, now the male lead. He is Overlord Rain. 
Zalto Sarkany, and he gets introduced to us while he is fighting a, and I quote, alien creature, because that's what it's called. An alien creature that is called a hexid. Mm-hmm. Okay. They actually use the term hexid and they have to fight these fucking things so much. I had to look it up to see how many times this word was used. Oh, dear God. I <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. But yeah, how many fucking times are we going to hear about these things? How many? So the word hexid or hexids, any variation of this word was used 160 times in the book. Is that all? Yes, that's all. Um <laughs> You sure it's not 460,000 times? Yeah. yeah, okay. Because <sighs> my god, they just keep coming. We find out that hexids are like an insect type creature, alien thing that are sent to this planet that Rain lives on by his father, who's a complete a-hole. Yes. And we find out while he's fighting this hexid that he can use the magnetic field of the planet to help draw power into himself. And he can do things with his sword, like uh, put that magnetic field energy into the sword to like supercharge it. Yes. And he like blast objects like this gives him all sorts of power. And each there are different colors that denote the level of power that people are able to wield. And because he is royalty his is red correct okay so i i appreciate that you are you are setting me up this softball pitch and i'm gonna hit <laughs> this motherfucker into a home run right now okay <laughs> yes please by mentioning this, the colors <laughs> this wasn't even planned but yes each, <laughs> each person has a different color so later in the book they all are fighting the hexids because they're fighting these fucking things the entire book Yes. And like you said, each person has different colors and that means different things and all these stuff. All I could fucking visualize and I please shoot us a comment on please Instagram. Don't say Care on, Bears. No, not at all. Oh, oh, all right. This is way more obscure than Care Bears. So if anybody knows what I'm talking about, please go on Instagram and comment on the post I will do about this episode and let me know that you feel me because every <laughs> time they did this all I could visualize was the cartoon Captain Planet and the Planeteers because each planeteer had a different ring that did a different color and when you joined all your colored rings together you created Captain Planet oh I see I didn't I'm too old <laughs> for that <laughs> You're not going to get that reference, but this is a very 90s. If you're a child of the 90s and you watch yeah. this cartoon, and I watch this fucking thing all the time because I was a huge dork. Still yeah. am, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. So every time they're, like, wielding the swords and they're all different colors, all I could picture was, like, you know, rings together, Captain Planet. Oh, my God. <sighs> oh, and I made a mistake. I think Rain's color is gold. No, I think you're right. It's red. You said red, didn't you? Yeah, who's gold? Somebody's gold. I don't remember. I just remember his color and then Mal eventually gets a color. Oh, of course she does. Mm -hmm. Even though she's not from the planet, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead. They do kind of set up how this all came to be fairly well in this. 
Okay. So the Sarkani system had five planets orbiting a red giant star, which is basically a sun, I guess. Uh, Sarkhan was his dad's planet and the most distant from the sun. Mm-hmm. There were three other planets, Zalto, Damar, and Taln. They were home to related species. So this kind of tells you about how the dad came to be with all of these other planets. And each planet has... say its own personality like Mm -hmm. Zarkan was a planet of violence and it was warlike and they're actually the fifth fifth planet that's the closest to the sun but it was uninhabitable it's an uninhabitable rock something had happened and I'm probably going to say the order wrong there was some sort of solar flare that happened from the sun right red giant star something happened from that which ended up blasting these five planets which probably made that one uninhabitable like you're saying but then all the other four planets got some sort of offshoot power Ah, thing from this solar flare so that's why his planet has the electromagnetism so one of the other planets turned the people into like shifters basically and i was like oh that's kind of cool shifter book shifter Mm. aliens the event was called the radiant So I'm not sure if the dad went to all these different planets before or after the solar flare, but he wanted to come to power and he decided to conquer the system. Then because that wasn't really working, he decided to propose peace through marriage and he took a bride from each planet in return for peace. He didn't really want peace. He wanted sons with unique abilities Mm -hmm. of each of the species. Oh, so he must have done this after the solar flare. That's how they got the unique abilities. So he basically had a harem of women that Mm -hmm. produced sons. And so the brothers are now half brothers. Yeah. So now this guy has three, what is it? Three half brothers, I guess. And they each have different powers and all of them have massive daddy issues and hate their daddy. Yeah. The world building was kind of cool. I did like how each planet had all these different things going on. I call the evil dad overlord daddy dearest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I say all of that to say I really liked the beginning of this book and it really pulled me in, but it also lost to me just as quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they were fighting these hexes all the damn time. All the damn time. Did you hear her all the damn time? <laughs> Mal meets up with Rain. Mal says she wants to help. At first, Rain feels like Mal has been planted on the planet by his father as some sort of you're a spy in my midst person. He quickly realizes that she's not like that. Mal's only goal in life is to find Poppy because Poppy is the only person that cares about her. It's actually kind of sad. Yeah, the the ship broke apart. mm -hmm. She landed in one spot and Poppy's section landed in this horrible barren, the barrens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a desert area, I guess, where all the hexids go to live and all the bad things come from there. Mm-hmm. Mal spends most of her time in the book. This is like the main journey that they go on trying to get back to Poppy. Rain, of course, decides to help her at one point because he's inexplicably drawn to her. And Wait, you forgot the one, the very first thing that happens to Mal when she comes to in the plane wreckage is she's climbing out of the wreckage looking for Poppy. And what happens? I think I know. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners can guess also. 
She is attacked by one of those things. What's that? What are they called? Hexids. Hexids. And she realizes it's some kind of, these things are some kind of mutated bug creature that has some kind of technology embedded in it. So it's controlled by these, the evil father, right? And his warlord. So she's able to beat the shit out of this thing because she's a badass. Mm -hmm. And kill it with a metal pipe. She's also able to get out of the space ship and breathe whatever the air is that yeah. they're breathing. Right. And do all of these things with no repercussions. She ends up having some sort of... She does have some sort of um, biological, physiological changes with mm -hmm. coming to the planet. Mm -hmm. But that's just in terms of the electromagnetism and her developing these abilities. Not in terms of like... She can breathe. She can, her eyeballs right. didn't explode. Like right. those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. There's no pressure from the gravity that's going to smash her. So yeah. So this is the first time she sees Rain. He pulls up in one of their futuristic cars. He's with four other men and a woman. She ends up passing out. And he, of course, picks her up. And of course, the first thing they talk about is she killed this female took down a hexid with a huge chunk of metal and everybody's blown away that this woman is such a badass there's a lot of what i like to call how though and head scratching in this book <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know she of course does have a power eventually she gets a, the color power thing going for her and i think it's like a white silverish color that lo and behold has never been seen before Yes, it's the most powerful of all powers that people can pull from the planet. She can even like give the power. She gives some of it to him at one point or like helps him kind of heal. They help They kind of start building their bond and sharing the power and all these things. I do have to say my one of my favorite parts of this book, if I were to have one, was really the interaction between her and the doctor. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> because it's like every time he turns around, she's being readmitted because she yes. hurt herself or she's been in some fight. And he's like, could you just take it easy for a day and let yourself heal? At one point, they're being attacked, probably by the Hexids. Mm -hmm. And she literally throws her human body in front of this like eight foot tall, gigantic overlord to protect him from getting slashed. And she gets fucked up and sent back to the infirmary. And I think that's the one thing that kind of turned the tables for Rain where he's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, maybe she's not here to like spy on me and kill me for my father. Because if she was, why wouldn't she let right. me get taken out? He is an incredibly important leader on this planet, trying to take down his evil father with his half brothers. And so he is far more important than her. And if something were happened to, if something were to happen to him, his whole planet would be in trouble. So, you know, I guess being the good soldier that she is, it's like she, you throw yourself on the grenade to protect the person that really is of more importance. Even though she was dishonorably discharged because she couldn't follow orders, but she apparently has enough honor to well, do sure. this. I'm sure Rusty <laughs> told her. Oh yeah. There was quote, probably a Rusty-ism. <laughs> 
a rustyism in there because my god if i heard that one more time i'm like fucking shut up one or two would have been fine but jesus christ girl there's a lot of them yeah yeah okay okay when i say there's a lot of hexids in this book and they fight a lot of them what i mean is they literally fight thousands of them because at one point at 46 percent into the book mm -hmm. she says a direct quote thousands of them yeah and at this point i was fucking done with it i couldn't handle <laughs> it anymore <laughs> it's me like too. you lasted longer than me i was like jesus christ this book so at this point i started heavily skimming to the end of it because every time i turned around it was more of the hexids more of her wondering why she was feeling weird and why these things were happening and like i've said that how though with head scratching and all i could think to myself was Bitch, you traveled through a wormhole to another dimension, mm -hmm. one in which all the planets were irradiated to different stages. Of course you're a mess and weird shit is happening to you. Yeah. But to her, she has absolutely no idea why she's never felt this way before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then not only were there thousands of these things, but there were different hexic 2.0 and you know they kept getting bigger and badder and the bad guy that was making these things of course was also the person that killed rain's mother mothers always have to die in these books apparently it's like disney's wrote this <laughs> yeah and so his determination is he's gonna find this guy he's gonna kill him for killing his mother he's gonna make him pay and he is going to save all his people on his planet. Oh, but wait, Mal's on board with this because that bad guy also has Poppy. So yes. All the stars in the wormhole and galaxy align just perfectly for them to take on this mother effort together. Okay, that's like their new battle. I think I would not have been so annoyed by the constant battling that they are doing with these creatures if they were different creatures. Like there yeah. was so much work in the beginning of the book put into the company and her background and you know how they got the technology and the different planets and stuff. And then to just kind of like phone it in, in terms of all the alien creatures on the planet, that really bothered me. That's one of the reasons why it lost me. Right. I agree. It's like, how many times do we have to, there's gotta be other things. And there were other things that were in the book at points that I thought were kind of interesting. Like suddenly after she's on this planet and she meets Rain, they are able to meet in the dream world. She thinks she's dreaming, but they're really mm. are fighting back to back. They're she's fighting hexids. Of course. <laughs> That's a given. I don't, even, yeah. I don't even have to say it, but <laughs> you know, he, he lets her use some of his blades and the blades can be infused with this energy from the planet. To me, it was just amazing how quickly her body ad adapted to this planet. And she suddenly was the biggest badass of this silver white energy that she could pull from the planet. She instinctually knew how to do all of it. Nobody taught her how to do any of it. She got it all very quickly. Mm -hmm. The dream thing was pretty cool where they could kind of share, I guess they were sharing energies or something. So they yes. were sharing the dream. That was kind of cool. Right. You know what wasn't cool in this book though? <laughs> what Rachel, what? the sex can we talk about what oh. a colossal disappointment it was oh my god it's like yes please 
<laughs> they finally start doing something. I don't even remember what. And he asks her about like, are you wet? Are you getting wet? Something to that effect. Mm -hmm. and, and that now I was the one going how though and scratching my head because i'm like he's never <laughs> fucked a human before how does he know that happens to her you know that is an excellent point <laughs> i didn't like the fact that all of a sudden we have this story and there's to me there was no build up to the prelude of the sex mm. it was just like let's have sex it there was nothing I don't want to say romantic because it doesn't have to be romantic, but there was nothing hot about it happening. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions when you're with a new form of life for the first time. How the fuck do you know what you're doing? Okay. So he finds out where her like clit is, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, what's this? Ding dong doorbell. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's like where the like pleasure part is. Mm -hmm. for, for me, like as a human, because hello, like I said, he's never had sex with a human before. Either she asks him or he volunteers this information. Somehow it comes up like, where is it for like women here? Like, how does it work here? How is the spot for the women on his planet like magically where her G spot is? Did you notice that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was like they just threw the sex in. Mm -hmm. There was no buildup for me to enjoy their encounter. Um, it was like, oh, we're writing about these hexes and now we better have a sex scene. Well, there definitely was no description about him having any alien features down there. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, he's on, he's an alien on an hmm. alien planet. The only thing alien about this planet though, is the hexids and this uh, electromagnetic field thing they can do. They all went through the radiance, but he somehow has a normal human body and a normal human dick. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't get it. I You skimmed the hexid part. I skimmed the sex scene part. I skimmed a lot of the end of it because I just couldn't. I was like, ugh. I feel the bad. The fight because... scenes were too often. The sex was like, meh. You know, I it was some stuff I was, was really alien. And then this wasn't. It was weird. I was forced to read every freaking word of this book. <laughs> and you, you got away with skimming. I wish that we could talk while we're reading these books. You could just text me the word skim, skimming, because then I'd be like, thank God I can skim now too. But I'm like, oh, I better read it all in case, in case there's a quiz that she asked me something, I better have the answer. Yeah, maybe we need to just do that in the future. If we get oh. to like the 50% mark and we're like, I can't handle it, we should just say like skimming till the end or something. And I have to say, uh, not keep bringing up what happened, but... After what happened to me, it's been really, I, I think the words difficult to read anything for a bunch of reasons. I, I can't even tell you how difficult it's been for me. And then to have to read this fucking book, I'm like, I can do this. I know I can do this. This is what we do for a, I was, I can't say living because God knows we don't make any money. <laughs> This is what, this is our thing. I don't want to yeah. drop this ball. So yeah, it was very difficult for me. And I, and I got to tell you, when I finished this book, you know how I always do my cleansing palette book? Yes. After I have a bad read. My cleansing palette book, I probably have read 
four T.S. Joyce <laughs> bear shifter books in a fucking row. I'm like, I need to start reading the next book we're going to talk about. But it's like, you know what I can't do? Read the next book. I've got to read something I know I'm going to love and mm-hmm. take me out of this so that I can stop obsessing about my life circling the drain of the toilet. Think about something that takes me out of the zone. And those fucking books are you need one book for every time you had to read about a hexid (laughs) (laughs) all right well then i'll see you on the other side of a thousand fifty (laughs) books exactly (laughs) oh my god and then the hexid on steroids that they have to deal with yeah way too many fighting scenes for me yeah so do we even care to talk about how the end went or should we just give our rating i think we can just give a rating i'm i'm fucking over it okay so i give this one dry panty and i'll only give it one because i did really like the beginning and i thought the beginning had a really good start and good potential and then somewhere along the way it lost the world building and just became repetitive and boring yes i i have to agree with you i also will give it one dry panty it was very obvious during this book by meeting his brothers and how each one's a different type of thing because their planet was affected different that every book in this series is going to be about the brother and what's happening. And I'm thinking, what is, what's going to be happening? Are they going to be now they're on his brother's planet and they're fighting the hexids on these. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I mean, this is what the dad does. He makes these hexids and sends them to his son's planets, I guess. Yeah, I was really disappointed in this book. And I, I don't think I've ever been so proud of myself as when I actually finished this book because I really didn't think that I would. I'm proud of you. I couldn't do it. I had to like heavily, heavily, heavily skim it to get to the end of uh, it. Well, part of my reward was I was going to read a bear shifter book when I was, which I'm obsessed with. I, I read all seven books. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, now you're past me, which is insane. I, mm-hmm, I started the eighth book. Because once again, I have to keep my mind off of what's happening with me. I either have to drug myself, which I don't want to become a drug addict. So uh, I either have to drug myself heavily so that I can put it out of my mind, or I have to get wrapped up in a book so that I'm hyper-focused on it. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, these T.S. Joyce books, they're the perfect book for me to read because I love all of them. The stories are all different. I love the relationship building in the books. I love how the bears are with their mates. And it's enough to kind of suck me in, relax me enough so that I can go to sleep at night. Yeah, I love that. I finished book seven this morning, actually. Oh, you finished it. What did you think? I did Hayden's book. It was good. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of like how it, set us up for the spinoff now to is it black bear or something like that grayback grayback yeah so that's what you're reading right yeah that's the one that i'm reading oh and i'm i just looked i'm i'm 81 percent through the book oh geez well it's only 194 yeah i don't know i just started it last night so Mm -hmm. i don't know what's up with me maybe my the anxiety that is just dumping into my bloodstream is giving me the ability to read fast like you now Maybe it's like having you <laughs> flipping those pages very quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on overdrive. So yeah, I'm sorry that I didn't like this book better, but it really 
did not have anything that I was interested in. Yeah, I'm bummed too because the cover, and like I said, the beginning was a good start, but I don't know, it just was not working for me. I will either read the book that you're reading right now or I will be good and start the next book for the podcast, which the next book we're doing is also an alien book. So I'm a little worried. It's called Craving Kiva. Is that how you say it? Kiva? I think so. Yes. Craving Kiva by Zoe Draven. I think the book, I so far have really liked it. The other problem I'm having, because God knows I have so many problems, is <laughs> it's easier for me right now dealing with this to just read, 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 read. When I have to read and highlight as I go, mm. it kind of takes me out of the moment. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, oh, I should be able to finish this book. I did go back through. I read like six chapters in that book. And I did go back through and I highlighted stuff, skimmed it and highlighted the stuff for whenever we get to our, our next review. But it, it might get to the point where we're not going to be able to do this every week until everything's just in flux right now until things settle down for me. I'm mm -hmm. just speaking for me. I'm doing the best that I can, but I'm having a hard time. That's fine. If we we only do this a couple times a month, that's fine too, you know? Okay. Or if I, we I, do, you know, half an episode, half the book, I mean, per episode. Okay. We've done that before. We can do that too. We'll make it work. Okay. Yeah. Because I do like doing it. I, en I enjoy doing it. I need something to look forward to. And I have to tell you, I just realized I, I printed out the first two pages of my notes. I usually do mm -hmm. on whatever book. And then I write at the top of it the day we did it and what my rating was. So if something were to happen to me, you're going to find a whole bunch of things that have <laughs> notes on it, like one dry panty, five very wet dry panties. <laughs> <laughs> very wet panties so just pick up that whole folder and and throw it in the garbage <laughs> okay <laughs> don't don't let the grandkids help you go through my paperwork <laughs> okay okay they're gonna be like what the hell is happening in here <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god it's awful that's funny I love my grandkids. I love your grandkids too. I know you do. <laughs> Thank you for having them. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do now for the rest of the day? Um, I have to do a parent teacher conference. Oh, and right. A doctor's appointment. I got yes. like a bunch of random stuff happening today. I got to go to the bank for the PTA. I just got weird stuff happening today. So. Okay. So I am, I ordered two more of those embroidery things. Okay. One of them was on sale, but I, I ordered two more of those. And then while I was sitting here waiting for you to get online, I used to crochet all the time and I opened this bag that I had and I realized that I had started <laughs> crocheting a rainbow colored sock monkey. Oh, and I think cute. I had given one to Claire. Claire has one. And I started this one for Amelia and I forgot all about it. I was like, oh, yeah, crocheting is a good thing for me, too, when I'm a nervous wreck. It's like weaving a basket. <laughs> well, I I have your, you actually made a sock monkey for each kid. I have sock, I am looking at them right now. They're in the office. And they're like, oh, so in the office, I have, my office was a bedroom. So in the closet is where I have my desk set up. And then on the shelf where you would put the bar for the hang in the hangers. Mm -hmm. On that shelf, I have all the toys that are like baby toys or like toys from when I was a kid. And on that shelf, I have the sock monkey. So that th that's my save toy shelf. Do you have, what color are they? One's pink. Um, 
one of them's pink and purple and one of them is blue with like purple and brown striped arms. Well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what what the hell? What drugs was I on at that point? I don't I know. I don't know. You made it. So maybe well, I wonder who this one's for. It's really cute. I'll give it to you if I can figure out. I'm looking at this going, Jesus, how did I know how to do this? But I'll try to figure it out. Okay. And do you still do you still have your Teddy Rock spin? I do. He's on the shelf also. I have Teddy or Teddy Rub skin, as my oldest called it when she was younger. It was freaking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like, oh no. Oh no, That's that hilarious. is not what we call him. <laughs> Oh, Claire. Yes. <laughs> hilarious. So, Teddy Ruxpin. I have a couple Pooh Bears. I have um, Ewok. I have the giant Mickey Mouse that my husband won at Disneyland for like their 40th anniversary. Awesome. Yeah, I got, like all sorts of stuff on the shelf. Do you still have a little Pooh Bear that was my Pooh Bear? Yes, it's up here on the shelf somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, I'm so glad I love that thing. Yeah, I got. I have a bunch of old like stuffed animals that I don't get rid of, and uh, yeah, for some reason, a lot of them are Pooh Bears. And the last thing I was going to ask you is, do you still have that snoring pig that I gave Amelia? Snoring pig. Do you remember that thing? No, but it might be somewhere in the house. I have one. If she okay. you don't have, I fucking love this thing. So I was walking around. This is how old it is. Mervin's. Remember Mervin's? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm walking around Mervin's, and this woman is holding a stuffed pig that is snoring and opening its mouth as it's snoring. And I said, where in the name of God did you get that thing? <laughs> she goes, isn't it adorable? They have them over here. And I bought two and I sent one to, I thought it was Amelia. And mm -hmm. then of course I have to have one because I will never grow up. Well, growing up is overrated. So it's like, <laughs> it is totally overrated. Stay young and free as long as you can people. <laughs> So yeah, so um, I am gonna um, just try to uh, get through the other day and thank you for walking with me today. I needed that. And I'm all right, you're welcome. I'm having a little bit of coffee, like a fourth of a cup of coffee, which is the okay. first time in uh, three weeks. I'll probably be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I'll You'll apologize be in advance. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we got this done and it was great uh, doing this. It's nice to feel like things are normal, even if they're not. So thank yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're welcome. All right, babe. I love you. All right. Love you too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.